Well, I think that people have a hard time sometimes, Ashley, understanding the very specific intimacy of being in TV, movies, or theater and making something with a group of other people because it's such a unique experience. And like anytime I ever hear about two co-stars like fucking or falling in love, I'm like, yeah, obviously, of course. Hi, everybody. Hi. Did you record? Are you? Did you record? I'll do this little voice memo thing too, just in case. Awesome. Thank you, Ashley. We appreciate it. We uh, trying to read the directions more these days. (laughs) We really, we really, we really do not run a tight ship here. (laughs) So that's generous of you that you're that you're doing that. But I just, you know, that's the best kind of ship to be on. It's more like a raft. But a you loose, survive on them. A loose, Listen, loose ship. Here's what I'm going to say. Did you ever see Joe versus the volcano? No. Should I? Oh, first of all, yes. Ashley, <laughs> you're so much younger than either one of us. But, like, that is a classic. And, Casey, you've seen Joe versus the volcano. Yes. Have yes. you seen it? Is this it? a movie? It's a movie? Yes. It yes. starred Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Wait. In- you mean you've got mail? Yeah, right. But this is pre-You've Got Mail, I think, right? It's like You've Got Mail with a volcano. But it's also like, it was like sort of panned at the time. Like people hated it because they wanted, they wanted the, you know, the thing from the two of them. And what they got is this really bizarro movie that is so genius. And there's a whole thing, Ashley, when you see it, you'll know now, you'll know what I'm about to say to you, which is like, what Casey and I are essentially as like business partners and creative partners are like we are floating on the four suitcases that, <laughs> that he purchased to go on the trip. Wait, are you talking about Castaway now? No, no, it's Joe versus the volcano. Um, in in the Castaway version, I guess who's Wilson? Someone who's the volleyball? Someone's yeah. the volleyball. Someone's the volleyball, and someone is that fucking package that he never opens. Oh, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can I have but, to watch Joe and the Vol- Joe versus the volcano? Joe, Joe versus-, versus the volcano, and Meg Ryan is so genius in it. And at the time, I think it was really. I interviewed her a couple of years ago for that film festival, the Bentonville Film Festival. Do you remember that, Casey? Yes. Yes. And. So before I interviewed her, I watched a bunch of films, obviously, like to prepare. I was super excited to interview her, to talk to her. I mean, she seems lovely. Yeah. She is lovely and iconic and also just like so many memories of my favorite movies from growing up, star Meg Ryan. So anyway, um, I watched, I rewatched Joe versus the Volcano and I was like blown away by how genius she is in it. And then I like looked into it a bit and it really was kind of like she was sort of panned for it and like it, people hated the movie when it first came out. Wait, stuff. that's so, I can't believe I, I haven't even, is it a rom-com or is it scary? No, it's a, it's a rom-com, but okay. it, it is, <laughs> so, but it is weird. It. It's like a weird movie. Oh. It's like it, heavier they, on the calm than the rom well, sort of, but it's weird. Like, yeah. basically, they play. No, she play. He plays the same guy, Joe. The whole movie. She's the volcano. She, no, she is a volcano. No, but she plays 
she plays three different women. Oh, that's it, too that's too avant garde for people. Yeah, I know. I know. They no. Are you they kidding? Do it. No, they couldn't. In do the nineties, no way. Uh-uh. They're like that. That's like a black box theater play. No, they were <laughs> they were over it. Well, guys, we just started because we yeah we, we've we, done it again. Here we are running the ship like the four suitcases that Joe is floating on and Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> but we're doing our best and that's all we can do. Sometimes my name is Busy Phillips. This is Busy Phillips is doing her best. I'm joined per huge by Casey St. Ange. Hello. Today, we're so thrilled. The voice you've been hearing, you already know because it's in the description. But <laughs> I will introduce a woman, an actor who I first saw on the stage. Yes. Blew me right away. Right away? Is that an expression? That's not an expression. But truly made me cry. And I saw a dress rehearsal. I saw the final dress rehearsal. You did? Yeah, of Mean Girls the Musical, guys. Ashley Park is joining us. Um, Ashley's career has blown the F up in the last year and a half. Uh, <laughs> right? That's because I got to work with Busy Phillips, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like I you've feel been, like, it's been hot all along. You've been nominated for everything that ends with a Y, plus well, extras. You were so, like, in Mean Girls, you're so, you were so incredible because that part is so, wait, what's her name? I'm forgetting. And I'm Gretchen don't have, Wieners. Because, you know, Wieners. I don't, you know, I just, I don't do, see, again, this is the ship. There's no, I don't have any research, Ashley. I don't know. No, 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 no. Why would Gretchen I, Wieners. I am you. Gretchen Wieners, right. But also my brain is just not functioning at full capacity right now. But anyway, so Ashley plays Gretchen, played Gretchen, um, Ashley originated the role of Gretchen <laughs> Wieners in Mean Girls on Broadway. And I was working with Tina Fey at the time we were developing the late night talk show. So, um, and I was in New York for something. I don't remember what. And she invited me to come see the uh, last full dress rehearsal before you guys opened. <laughs> yeah, which was so exciting. And and what was and I had never seen you before. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was so impressive to me about that part and why I loved you so much in that show <laughs> was. That obviously, like, you've seen the movie, so you know the Gretchen Wiener's character, and she can be a little bit of a, I mean, you know, I'm used to Anxious, high-strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anxious <laughs> and high-strong and, like, anno- annoying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to avoid annoying, but but she's a little, Gretchen Wiener's Annoying be in, a, like, a lovable way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but what, like, I cried at your song, which Aww. is a very funny song. Oh, look at right here comes Raya with water. Hey, Ray. Um, but but your song, you're you're like the heart. You really you really provide so much heart, and you just bring. It's because it's you. Now that I know you, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I I loved that song so much. I've actually been thinking a lot about it recently. Um, I I just um, saw Jeff and Tina the other day too, and I was thinking about it because. You know, like when you do show eight times a week and I've done other shows too, like there's always nights when you're like, oh, I just don't like, this is going to be hard today. And for some reason, that song every night, I really love singing it. And it was kind of the moment that like the audience really was like, oh, like what's happening here? And also just, I mean, the song's called What's Wrong With Me? And it's what every, not only teen feels, but like every person feels all the time. Yes. (laughs) You know, and I've been thinking about it recently because I was like, you know, why it was like really moving for people is because the actual, that that song was therapy for me because the answer to that song was, what's wrong with me? You're not white. Right. <laughs> like that, 
And that, and I, and I realized, I remember when I first got the audition for that show, the, the song was the first thing I, cause I knew the movie backwards and forwards. Of like course. I love that movie. And, um, some of the scenes I recognized and like fetch and all those different things, you can't sit with us. But the song is when I was like, whoa. Like, I really didn't even, I was the last person cast in that show. I, it was very last minute thing. And I had always, I was so excited for my friends who were going to be in it, but I like just had never seen myself in it. And then I was like, oh, I don't know if I could be a plastic. Like, I don't know that, you know, and then I re- like read the lyrics to the song and I was like, I know exactly who this is. And it wasn't until recently is when I realized why. It's because that was so deeply embedded in me, like constantly growing up, especially around all white girls and stuff and in an industry like that too. It's what's wrong with me? Why can't I? Why do I always feel undervalued? Why do I have to prove my worth here? It's because I'm not white, you know? (laughs) Right. So when you say, when you say recently, obviously, I imagine that you're referencing, you know, the astronomical raise in uh in uh you know hate crimes against asian people in our country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i posted a thing that you had posted on i reposted you from instagram yeah, I saw that. thank you well i just it's interesting because I do think especially I am a white girl by the way just in case yeah. you didn't know <laughs> I loved you and white chicks thanks that was my first. That was my first busy Phillips. That makes sense because of your yeah. age and everything. Like that tracks for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I like, I, you know, I I admit, like, I didn't. I also was like model minority. Like, I didn't. I hadn't read those books. Like, I had, was sort of like in in my own world of like trying to learn all the things that I knew that I needed to learn Mm -hmm. and that, and it is a part of, first of all, like it, a part, a part of our country's history that no one ever really talks about that's super shameful. Um, in fact, also like we don't even, we, I mean, it's been, it's not like this like secret that we've been hiding. It kind of is, but like I've had to educate myself too and realize the things that like I haven't been taught, like, growing up in this American school system as well. I mean, we moved in. Okay, so, you know, we don't live in Los Angeles anymore. But, Ashley, when I bought my house 15 years ago in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, I had this incredible – it was a historic home. And so I got this incredible book made uh, or sent to me from a company that they put together all this stuff, the history of the home. And they had incredible, like – uh, things that they gotten from like the building department or whatever that they xeroxed or you know whatever put in, copied and put in, and one of them was the original like listing for the neighborhood in which it said no Asians, no no sorry it said no Chinese it said no Chinese no Jews, wow and that was like it was like come live in this beautiful new. Development from 1920. It was 1920. Well, also the, the funny flyer. thing about the no Chinese thing is they actually mean no Asians, but they people for so long just think China is Asia, and there's Correct. that's all one. Correct. Right. That's yeah. what I was. I mean, that was why I was like, nope, that wasn't right because it was more racist than just. Yeah, that was the first. I mean, when we bought that house and I looked through that, I, that was the first time I'd ever seen something. So I mean, literally in black and white, and I was like, oh shit, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. Um, and I do feel like it gets left. I do feel like a lot of people, you know, even you there when 
we learn about World War II, like Japanese internment camps get like one sentence in the history books that kids use in high school, right? Right. Like it's right. not like a part of the curriculum. Um, or for instance, all of the work that was done in Hawaii that was right. essentially like enslaved people um, from Asia doing that work. It's wild. It is wild. And it's a lot of, I'm, I think that, yeah, I think going back to like that song and why, I don't know. I I think I do think it's interesting. That video, thank you so much for sharing it and for watching it. It was really interesting to me because I really, when I recorded that um, and posted it, I really wasn't meaning to share it. And I almost like really gaslit myself into not sharing it because um, it was, and you know, I hadn't pre-written any of that. That all kind of just came from inside of me. And it was also because I was like on day five of a like isolated lockdown in mm. Ireland and nobody I knew was awake. And I was kind of like, I have to just mm. like, I don't know why this is so affecting me so deeply. And um, I'm grieving so hard for this. And I, um, in response to the Atlanta shootings and I also, the how I gaslit myself almost was like, I don't want everyone in my life to be thinking that I've been like, I have this like dark hidden secret that I'm just like, um, that I've been lying to them kind of, mm-hmm. that I've been going through this horrible thing, which it is, you know, like I think that the reason I am where I am, I've worked with you on a show, like, you know, all of these things is because um, I learned very early on how to navigate it. And I like really attest that to my parents because the whole Asian mentality kind of, the, the cultural thing is kind of like, put your head down, do your work, show up, have right. a good attitude. And if you try your best and if you don't, um, if you don't acknowledge any problems that are coming your way or any discrimination or anything, like you can maybe move forward. You can right. maybe raise your family here. Maybe you can have a future here. Um, and so that like, it's not even like positivity or re- resilience. It's like its own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was very, I realized very recently as I'm probably sure we all have in like this time of pandemic and spending more time with family or whatever. I was like, why am I in the why am I a voice right now? Why, why am I where I am? And it really had to do with um, the the special qualities that my parents had as just humans. And then it happened to make me, and then I happened to wanted to go in, into this industry. And the only way to be an actor, especially in Broadway, is like to understand that every musical before a certain time was written by white people for a white audience, for white people to play. Mm-hmm. And so I understood that if like I, I'm so excited to like sing and dance and try to do this thing but at every point I have to be trying to prove somebody like I have to be better than the best you know well, for sure yeah because you're like I'm already not what the type is right like, what their what the casting breakdown is Right. Right. Like they pictured. Yeah. You have to be like above and you have to make them see it in a whole new way. Right. And I'm already at this kind of disadvantage, but I never saw it as a disadvantage. I kind of saw it as like a, you know, let's go for it. But I think that's why that video really impacted a lot of people who are in my life, because um, I didn't realize it's not like I was trying to keep these things from them. But a lot of like the little specific things that I said um, are things that I've never talked about with people because it's stuff that I've learned to just kind of deal with on my own. 
Um, and, right. and it's easier for me to not call attention to those things. Cause like when I leave those conversations or if I don't laugh at the joke or if I mm-hmm. say, Oh, like, why would you say that thing about it being trendy to be ethnic right now? Like how lucky for me to be an actor right mm-hmm. now? Like if I speak up at all, then Guys, I'm the one clear, who looks I didn't like say a, that. I didn't no, say that. No, actually, <laughs> right, busy, right. no. Busy is like actually like such a great example of an ally on set and in life. Like, like busy. I just like, to be clear. That was not me. It was not you at all. But no. I've heard people say fucking shit like that. But, you know, it is, or I've, or not even, I haven't heard it first person. I've like heard it in the world be said. And it is always like mind boggling to me that people don't understand that disconnect. Right. Well, and it's also easier for people I've found. And it's like what I've been recently reflecting on. And like, I think I heard in one of your other podcasts, you were, you were um, talking or giving advice to somebody um, and they were asking like, how can I be a good mother? And you're like, as soon as you're asking, like, how can I do that? You are being a good one. And like my constant thing has been like when like girls didn't like me in school or like everybody Mm. was mad for these different things. I was constantly like, am I the monster? Wait, am I the antagonist right now? Like, if everyone does, if all these white girls in my class at school don't like me, I must be there. I'm doing something wrong, you know? Mm. And like, what's so crazy? I kind of lost my train of thought, but oh, wait, no, I forgot it again. (laughs) (laughs) Your your face was so cute in that moment. You were like, wait a minute. I did have a point about what exactly you were saying. Shoot, it'll come back to me. No, I know what you were saying. You were in that moment when you were like, why do all these people, why are all these people upset with me? Am I the problem? But in that moment when you were concerned about why you were the problem, you must have realized, oh, I'm not the problem. Right. Oh, They're the ones that have the problem. Thank you, Casey. You're amazing because now I (laughs) realized what I was going to say was, and I think, and I'm sure you both can relate and especially you, Busy. We, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I think that people love and feel so much more comfortable when you can put somebody in a box, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. like, if I am just like this, like, dim, like if I'm just, just the funny Asian or just mm. like the cute demure one or just the one who can, you know, like anything, anytime I like found a new part of my personality, um, the more people were like, oh, gosh. I did have a, a therapist that once said to me, almost everything that somebody comes at you with is about them, not you. Right, right. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, I'm writing that down. I'm, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, here's the thing. All of this is to say that, like, people can do better. People can be aware. They can do their own work. And, like, you don't have to take on people's bullshit just because totally everybody's got their own bullshit and the fucking rise in hate crimes must and and after the Atlanta shootings and like all like that must feel that's a different that's like a different fucking thing and it brings up all of the microaggressions and all the times in your life when you're like thinking back like oh my god in high school and those girls and then right that guy that said that thing to me about being an an ethnic actor, like, fuck that guy. Like, it just re-triggers the trauma of, like, you're dealing with your microaggressions, you're, like, moving through the world, and you're like, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. Because you're taught you have to Mm -hmm. fucking deal with this. Right? Right. Right. And then what's, like, sort of bubbled up and, and happened now sort of on a very bigger public scale with these attacks you know, emboldened by the fucking 
asshole that used to be in the White House. Right. And the way that he freely spoke about, you know, people of all races that were not white Mm -hmm. um, and sort of emboldened racist ideology and attacks. Um, But to see all of those things now happening, it it has to just bring to the surface for, for, I mean, all of our friends who are in the AAIP, wait, wait, what is it? I'm not- AAPI. 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 I just thought- Or just like- AAPI community. Yeah, exactly. Asian American, Pacific Islander Pacific Islander. Yeah, acronyms are weird. They're acronyms are hard to remember. And Ashley, I want to ask you, because you said you almost gaslit yourself into not posting the video. And I'm sure that probably had something to do with- I don't know. I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm no, sure please. you kind of felt like this terrible thing happened to these people. But like my life is good. Like at this right. moment, you know, what happened to them didn't happen to me. And it's hard because you do this dance, right? Like if I post this video, am I making it about the way that I feel in this exactly. moment? Yeah, yeah. You know, but isn't the way that I feel in this moment also kind of important? And I think what Busy was bringing up Actually, the way that you feel was important because it does bring up, yes, you know, maybe you haven't been the victim of violence or a hate crime. That is true. Mm -hmm. But I have to believe that you have faced microaggressions throughout your life. And that's one of the conversations that I think we need to be having because I think well-intentioned people are going around committing microaggressions. Well, and that's what, I think that's why I posted also, I mean, that that's so, so well put. And um, I think it's that I realized, you know, when we do have voices and we do have like platforms and we like activism, I think I've always kind of had that mentality of like, who do you think you are? Like, why would people, like, why are you saying what you are feeling in all these different things? Like, that's not your place. And I, the same reason I gaslit, almost gaslit myself from posting it. I'm using gaslit a lot because I just found out what it means. I was <laughs> oh, using it wrong for a really long time. It's one but, of my favorite words. Uh, we love my, it. It's a very effective word and it's very And fitting. it's so specific and it ex- it's exactly, I can't believe it didn't exist before. Anyways, <laughs> so the, the reason I did almost gaslit myself is actually the reason why it was impactful is because when I was like, I mean, I couldn't, you know, when I, even like reading some of the comments, I was like, oh, like, people just need to see another person's face. Like the fact that I've never had somebody say those things to me, like I've been asked for my, where I'm from more than I've asked my own name. Like those kinds of things, like just all of these stories and all these examples of like, and the reason I posted it was because I was like, I'm being complicit now if I'm not sharing mm, the little nice. things, even the little things, but they're big too. Like the the way that I've had to live my life and how I've had to survive, literally to like survive and thrive is by like overcoming all these things. But for some other people, that's my privilege is that I'm able to do that now. And I have the tools and the people that like, and you know, the safety to be able to do that. But a lot of people don't. And so I think that, um, I was like, I, I realized so much like, oh, there, there's a certain responsibility um, now, like, I can't, I can't deny that there's a certain responsibility to share that and other things. Also, they're little think- things, right? But they're, it's like a piggy bank, right? Like putting pennies in a piggy bank. And like, before you know it, it weighs a hundred pounds, yeah. you know, they're little things and it's cumulative. And I always look at it like, 
I, I always look at it when, like when someone's angry, you know, like they're throwing off this angry energy and it's not that big a deal, but I always feel like someone's handing me dirty dishes. You know what I mean? Like here, hold this dirty dish here, hold this second dirty dish. And I feel like by the end of it, I'm holding like 50 dirty dishes. And if everyone that you meet on the street, everyone in the world is handing you dirty dishes at some point, like how much can you hold? You know, literally and, not all of them. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Fucking smash him in the street, Casey. <laughs> but I do. Okay. I do have a question because I, you were talking about like how you feel like when you go in for a role, you have to like change somebody's mind and like, you know, sort of this is not the way that they envisioned the role. So I, this is a question for both of you because I think that I think that all three of us maybe are like a little bit of like expectation defiers. Like we'd maybe call ourselves that. Yeah. Have you for found, sure? It's my favorite thing. <laughs> have you found in your lives that when you defy someone's expectations and then they you win them over and then they get comfortable with you, then after some time has anyone ever confessed to you what their very insulting first impression of you was like, and they think it's like somehow charming? That's definitely happened. Why thought, do people wait, do that? What is that? Oh, it's a. Is that you? Siren. Yeah, it's oh. a siren on my end. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's actually like a really pleasant siren. Was, though. I agree. I thought it. I, I, I was have like, to be honest. Church bells. Oh, I kind of thought that it was an ice cream truck. Oh. <laughs> what but I guess no, siren. just a siren. That's what I someone's want. hurt. Someone's some, something's happening. Oh well, I Aww. hope they're okay. Yeah. Whatever it is, I hope it's not <laughs> that too, serious. Um, why do people do that? Why are I have had so many people confess to me like people would be like, "You are really, really." very smart. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And they'll be like, I got to tell you, when I first met you, I thought I, you were oh kind my of God. stupid. And I'm That's like, happened to me a lot too. And yeah. I kind of take it as a, I, I, you know, I, I take it as a compliment now or like people, I mean, because it's kind of true. Like I had a friend say like, when you're like smart, you're like so smart. And when you are dumb, you are actually so dumb. And I think that also pandemic now, I like have no social, like I used to have great social skills. And now I like oh can't God. do like simple, I like, I, That's everybody. I don't know. That's everybody. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. is. It truly is. Even don't me. paint yourself with that brush right now. We're all we're yeah. We're gonna right. talk about it more in a little bit. I I found people do that to me too. I mean, listen, I love defying expectations. I live for it. And I do think that that's like born out of the place of the first of of knowing what people expect from me based on the way that I look and how loud I am and, you know, what I dress like or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and just living with that for so long and making the decision at whatever point that I'm not going to temper those things that I easily could change some, you know, I could change my, I could, I could modulate my voice. I am an actor. I could <laughs> learn how to speak in a more neutral yeah, yeah, yeah. Less like valley girl loud, like, oh, my God, you guys. But at a certain point, I was like, fuck them. They're going to like, if they want to think a thing about me, I'd love to prove them wrong. Right. I used to be like, I mean, and I think I, now now that's a good question because I think the answer is different now with like expectations and first impressions. I remember like whenever I would start a project, like, a couple of years ago and stuff like that, I'd always be like, okay, this is the one where everyone's going to think I'm like super chill and cool. Like I'm going to start day one and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like really like, just like 
cool, like cool. And like not saying <laughs> I'm not cool, but like eventually my spastic come like that comes out and I'm like, shoot, I like missed I'm di- did it again. Okay. Well Wait, next Ashley, time now. How old are you? How old are you? I'm turning 30 in June. Oh my God. I know. That's Happy exciting. birthday. <clears throat> Happy early Thank birthday. Thank you. I'll be alone in Paris, but it's Paris, so it's fine. <gasps> Um, oh, oh, because did we yeah. mention, in case you didn't know, Busy hates when I t- explain things to people, but in case you didn't know, <laughs> Ashley is like one of the stars of Emily in Paris. Speaking oh. of speaking of being stupid, I really didn't know it was Emily in Paris. I thought it was that, Emily in me Paris. Me neither. I've literally never called it that. <laughs> there is no way it's called Emily in Paris. The, I never they, felt Stupider than when Netflix. I thought it was was Emily and Perry, by the way, and I was like, oh. If Netflix, (laughs) if that's like a, if that's one of those inner like internet jokes, the because they just hired like a pithy teen to run their social media, (laughs) and it's not actually true. I will be annoyed. No, it's not true. I'm saying it's a hundred percent not true. I, I one hundred percent. Thought I think that tweet was a joke. Okay, and then people took it seriously. I. At least as far as me and every person in the cast okay. and team right. is, I don't think it's I've that. Been, I, I've changed to Emily and Perry because I thought, I don't want to get in trouble. I try to respect authority. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? I do when, too. When Chrissy Teigen said it was Tigan, I switched to Tigan. And when- we were, can I be honest? We were the only people that ever said Tigan. I know. And is I'm, it Tigan? I'm like, if yes, she, says she said it. She, she said it was Tigan. Tigan. I say Tigan. When Ariana Grande said it was Grandy, I switched to Grandy. So I mean, I'm just trying you gotta, to. Re- you gotta. You gotta respect people's wishes. Yeah, you do. I just don't think you need to respect Emily because it's also you have to say Emily and Perry, and that just sounds silly. I Come agree. On. Yeah. Listen, I agree. Well, I'm. We. You heard it here, folks. You can it's, stop saying Emily, Emily and Perry. Paris. <laughs> Calm down. <clears throat> Calm um, down, everyone. Was yeah, we, Emily oh, in the- Paris, but also more importantly, no, I'm kidding. Everybody loves Emily <laughs> in Paris. Emily in Paris is amazing. But also, Ashley. Our show. On Girls 5 Eva. Um, also, I, I texted Busy on this, but I have to say to your face, no, Busy. Like, from the clips I've seen, but also the trailer, like, it, what is so, it, this is what's so funny to me. First of all, you're just like, you really are like a masterclass. Like you just Aww. like have it in your Stop bones and it. your blood. And it's the same thing as this. It's like, uh, because I, I I know you said a lot like, oh, this was the lot. Like I'm out of the business now. Like I, I've tried to quit the business so many times. I think it's yes. like one of the first things you said to me. And you're like, here 100%. I am again in a trailer. <laughs> but the crazy thing to me is like when I watch you in something like this, it is just so clear. Like, you know, when you see someone on a stage, you're like, it is so clear you're supposed to be on a stage. Like, you were at home on, like, sets, like, TV Aww. sets. Like, you just, like, Aww. it's just, like, your yeah. precision and, like, your comfortability and, like, the the colors that you bring. It really is, like, I mean, how, this is why I'm, like, lucky is because I kept constantly keep getting to work with these women who I'm, like, should I pay them for, like, a master's degree? Like, this is so, like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like That that's, is so nice, Ashley. Thank you. I mean uh. it. Well, you helped me a lot um, because, How? you know, oh. the dancing and the singing's not. Dancing and singing at the same time, Ashley, I'm you not. You are great. What are you talking about? No, listen. I'm I'm fine. But really, the, but dancing and singing at the same time is like, I have such, I mean, I have such respect for the fact that you've done all those shows and have done them however many eight shows a week or whatever you guys but do. dancing and singing is harder on set because it's like, 
you better get it right because that's what's staying. Like you can right. mess up on stage and you like get to do it again tomorrow. And like who really recorded that? That right. it's a lot more high pressure to be like, oh my God, the angle's here. Okay, what? Well, you know, like. We had so much fun and Ashley was amazing because we, I had, remember Casey, how I had kind of gotten in trouble for like taking, like re- putting stuff on Instagram stories Whatever. and they sent me that email. I do. Whatever. Ashley I do. was kind of my partner in like, that's insane. Let's just do it. <laughs> Because it's only helping them. What are you talking about? I know. Like, no. Building bugs. We, we had a big yeah. conversation about this. That was one of our first ones. I was like, I think one of the successes of Emily in Paris was yes. that, like, we were able to do that. Like, what's the big secret? I mean, there's I don't spoilers. Know. It's but, really like, interesting. It's a very, like, old school versus, like, new school. It's it's really interesting. I worked on a show once where there was, like, a, a very old school person who would get very upset when we would, like, make promos for the show because they were like, you're spoiling it. And I was like, we're promoting it like to make people want to watch it I don't know right. like well and pe- especially with the show like that where it's like so much of it is going to be like especially you four women together is getting like the chemistry is like knowing what people were like behind the screen like people love that me and Lily Collins are best friends you know that like helped with like the show kind of you know yeah. and so it's really cute and also we just had the best like 90s costumes and all this stuff like it was just fun so we had so much I and mean, you were so good at taking pictures and like capturing things and I feel like (laughs) you are and I feel like I'm pretty good at it I feel like you're really good at it and then I'm concerned that we don't have any other like like Renee did some stuff she did a lot we all had our own little thing wait there is a really cute Kodak disposable photo of you and me that I do have to send you a scan of. Oh, but I, I'm going to release it when we release like the music video because I'm okay, like good. trying to be good still. But like... I know, me too, me but too. Did but did you have like an, like an on-set like photographer or anything or was it all you guys? No, not it really is. because... Oh, I think there's a stills lady, but yeah, I don't true. think we ever... But the problem is, is we never keep track of it. So we're Wait. not like posing for those. Right, Actually, right. I don't think there was. There was, Because busy. of COVID. Really? There was a chick with the camera. I think that was supposed to be. Otherwise, why the heck was she taking photos? Oh, then yeah. No, I mean you're probably right. I huh. just on some days. I think just on like certain days. Oh yeah. well, right. Like when the when we would have special guest stars that I can't say because spoilers. Mm. Spoilers. You know, oh my god, people. It's gonna be trouble. so fun though. And also, like, talk about a bingeable show. I can't believe it's like eight episodes in all thirty minutes. You could like literally do a cycle of laundry and watch the entire thing. I know. Oh my I think people will maybe. We had a really great time and um, Ashley is incredible in the show. I've seen the first two episodes, so I've seen more than than you have, I guess. Yeah, it's very exciting. And it's coming out May 6th. 6th. May 6th. And what were you filming in Ireland just now? Um, a movie called Mr. Malcolm's List. And it's a 18th century Regency British, very like Jane Austen, and it's totally a diverse cast. They're all British, (laughs) but it's based on an original novel, but it's very like Pride and Prejudice, but written a few years ago. And they had made a short with it, with I think Refinery29 on Kodak Film, um, like three years ago. And then Bridgerton came out and I was like, wait, this is like the Bridgerton concept, but it's like, and I, I played truly just like a cameo, like this little part in it, but it was just the best best Frida Pinto's in it all of these amazing Oliver Chope um Zawi like just amazing amazing actors oh my god amazing it was um Emma Holly Jones was the director's her first like feature she's just this awesome British woman so that was 
fun. But, and it'll be interesting because it's like, that's another thing. I spent the week in quarantine watching all of that Regency era because it's like, Jane Austen's my favorite author and the oh. Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice is like my favorite movie of all time. And it was something that I was totally okay with knowing that I would never be a part of that world. Oh. Like Isn't that no, fucking crazy though? But like, but that's what I'm talking. It's all of these things where I didn't even, I wasn't like, oh man. It was just like, of course, I'm never going to be, maybe I could do like Emma the musical off Broadway, you know, <laughs> but I can't like be in a film version of it. And so when that project kind of came up, I was like, I will play any part in this. I want to be a part of this. And I was watching all these movies, like everything from like Importance of Being Earnest with Reese Witherspoon and Comfort, every Pride and Prejudice. And it was, um, and the director says like Hollywood has done that where they've completely whitewashed that era and that period and that genre. And that's Hollywood. That's not really how it was in London. So I'm super excited. It'll be good. I'm excited that you got to do that. I'm super excited you got to do that. And I wonder like, does it make you moving forward, think about what's possible as an actor. Totally. And what's like, and what should be like, what's for you, you know? It does, it does. You know, it's, it's funny, even some like conversations I'm happening, like I'm having now, I'm realizing how much it's coming from me of like, oh, of course, literally Mean Girls, Gretchen Wieners. I was like, I said no to auditioning at first because I was like, I can't fly in for that. Like, I I know for sure I'm not going to get it. So, like, why would I? Right. I, I, I'm the one who counts myself out of so much. Whoa. There are other talks happening right now, and I'm just like, oh, but, like, that's going to be, like, that's too far of a stretch, you know? And, and maybe if I was, like, Hollywood royalty, maybe they could take that, you know? So, but it's constantly me ruling myself out of all this stuff, and that's what I kind of have to, like, change a bit. Well, you have right? to retrain your brain as we all do, right? From whatever, like the, the internalized, you know, misogyny, internalized racism, internalized like messages that you're just given from this fucking horrible business about what's possible and messages about your body. Like I've had to retrain my brain about my body. That's been, that was like a major thing for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, once you start to do it, you'll like catch yourself like you say you are catching yourself like, yeah. oh, right. But but why not? Why the fuck? Why, why not? That's why I did love, I love that Mindy Kaling, that was like always her thing. Like, why not yeah. me? Yeah. Like, right. Why well, not? Well, it's like, I, I guess it's because it's always been easier to survive when like your dreams, you when, you know, when you're being realistic with yourself and you pick dreams that you feel are attainable. Yeah. Um, that are, or like that are tangible for you. Um, and it's like, oh, I, we for, we we lose that as a kid so early. It's like really dreaming big, like what yeah. dreams can be. Oh, yeah. Um, I see it with my kids, though. Like kids love to do things that they know they're going to do well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I they mean, that's really smart. <laughs> it's just and they really shy away from taking risks if it might if there's a possibility that it might not work out for them. And I think that for everybody, it's it's a good thing to remember that sometimes, yeah, stretching outside of even what you think is possible for yourself, it's not always going to work out. It's just, that's just, you know, statistics. Yeah. But, uh, but you have to keep trying to push yourself in that direction and do things that like, you know, freak you out. Or you're like, oh, there's no way this is going to happen for me. But I also hope that there's a trend casting wise, like moving forward. And I hope that agents... And the gatekeepers and the people who like 
and the casting directors, I hope that they're pushing that as well. Because it's right. not and just as easy, guys, at home, Hollywood break. <laughs> it's not just as easy as Ashley being like, why can't I be this, you know, his whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly go lightly or whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't even know why I said Holly go lightly. By the way, I've Breakfast at Tiffany's not my favorite movie. But I'm just saying like something that like people have like a preconceived notion of what it is. Of what it is. Right. That yeah, it's right. like a white. Yeah. Per, right, I don't know. Uh, what am I saying? Casey, help me. No. Well, who knows? But you know what I think? And I think it pertains to like kids doing things. And I think it <laughs> pertains to the industry a little bit. I think and I hope post pandemic that a direction that we're going in is doing things for joy purposes. And I think that with kids, I think we need to focus on like, it doesn't matter if you're good at baseball. Does it bring you joy? Do it. It doesn't matter if you're great at science. Does Mm. it make you, does it make your heart sing to explode things? Do it. Do you like knitting this week? It doesn't matter if you suck at it, do it. And I think that we need to go that way a little bit in entertainment too. Is it joyful? Mm -hmm. Does that person in that role Mm -hmm. delight people? It it just needs to be good. It just needs to be compelling to watch. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it doesn't need to fit any type of expectations. So I'm, I'm just hoping that like joy becomes the prevailing theme of like what we're all doing in the future. And I think it has to be, you know, like I really, and I really think it, and I really think it can, you know, especially because we're all going to, we've all, been going through this global thing together. Um, yeah. I just think that like the only path to like real empathy is like when you have been through something shitty and mm. you see someone else about to be going through that or feeling that. And because you've experienced that hardship, you're like, I don't want you to have to go through that. Like that, and that's like really feeling that. And I feel like because we've all been going through something, whatever it is at any capacity, it's like, we're hopefully going to all have empathy and that can lead to just us being trying to be joyful. Like, I, I really do think like, I like living in joy a lot. Yeah. I'm sure we all do, but like, I really, and I feel very lucky in that. I like a lot of stuff. some people don't feel on. comfortable living in You're joy. You're right. Actually, that's yeah. completely right. Yeah. And I, and I, that, those are the people, they really confuse me. And it, and I've had to take a step back with some and be, be like, oh, that's your truth. Like, I thought we, we were all trying to be, find joy. And like, my problem has always been in that, like, sometimes I've given myself too much to try to make joy for other people or like a friend or something like that. And I'm like, oh, like at a certain point, like you need to want that for yourself too. And like, it's only detrimental to us both if I'm trying to make that joy for you, you know? Yeah, Yeah. you can't, I mean, that's, that's the fucking truth, man. Um, before we talk to Ashley, guys, because we just have such a special episode today. Ashley's yeah. joining us as guest host and, and interviewee. Guest. Oh, okay. That makes more sense than what I would just said. <laughs> Listen, again, guys. <laughs> just doing my fucking hanging on by a thread. We missed last week. We've all had sound issues. I know the sound was terrible that one week. We've missed a lot. It's it's all going to be fine. It's let's fine. Just, I, let's, by the way, it's just a, it's just a podcast. It's not yeah, that deep. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Okay. So we like to talk about what we're all doing our best at this week. Actually, yeah. you know that because you've listened to the pod. Yes. So uh, you can go last because you're our guest and our guest host. Casey, yeah. what are you doing your best <laughs> at this week? 
Okay, I'll just go real quick. Um, I was invited to my first post-vaccine dinner party. Wow, and, yeah. Um, which was like, it was lovely. It was by a mutual friend of Busy's and mine, and um, who I won't name because that's, you know, weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was so nice, and it was so wonderful, and it was like me and four other cool also vaccinated ladies and it was so lovely but when I tell you I didn't know how to make an outfit I didn't know how to um drive there I didn't know how to I didn't know what to bring and I talked so fucking much like what I talked one year's (laughs) worth of talking and I was like I just could not stop and I was like oh my god like I was just thinking in my head the whole time oh my god Casey stop talking don't you feel like you're like high even you're like am I paranoid like what's happening are you uncomfortable (laughs) should I stop talking do you you want me to talk more what do you want me to do I wanted to like put my purse over my head I I just could not stop I was like apologizing I the only time I stopped talking was to apologize for how much I was talking and then I just kept talking. It was one, those poor five ladies got one full year of talking. And if you're listening, those five ladies, I'm sorry again. Do you feel though that like they also were probably talking a lot too? No, no. I don't know how they could. It was impossible. It was impossible. Oh my gosh. But you have a lovely speaking voice. That's fine. Well, that's nice of you. But you know what? What if their anxiety, all five of them was like, oh my God, I don't want to speak. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. And so you were like solving it for them. Yeah, you don't know. One lady was like the host of a very popular podcast. So like she knows how to talk too. And she didn't say uh, barely anything. She just listened to me talk all night. But that's not, that's not indicative. We know that Casey, like I, I sometimes get real, I get real weird social anxiety sometimes at like dinner parties and stuff. And I don't talk that much and people are expecting me to like show up and just like be their BFF. And like, sometimes that's not. I get the same thing, Busy. Of course. Of course. That's actually, in talking about that first impression stuff before, that kind of thing, you know, especially when you played characters that are like everyone's best friend. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I do like being, you, you too, you're a great yeah. friend of people. Like I love oh, all of my friends and I yeah. have a lot of them and I care about them. But it is interesting when you meet someone who you kind of maybe know peripherally or through a friend and they're like, why aren't you being why, why aren't you being like how you're supposed to be? Right. Like my like bestie bestie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I remember like early days of the internet. Well, early, not early days of the internet, but like early days of people talking about you online. Um, the, I Before Instagram, I remember reading a few tweets from people like adding me saying that like, oh, we saw Busy Phillips eating at Sharky's you guys Sharky's in, is in LA and it's like this like kind of it's like Mexican fast food that's like kind of healthy but maybe not but we don't know but it anyway it was Birdie's favorite restaurant when they were a baby Aww. so I would go to Sharky's all the time with Birdie like when I you guys who am I fucking kidding I would go to Sharky's all the time I just <laughs> I love Sharky's I'm trying to like this is another thing where I'm just like trying to pass it off on my kid I loved Sharky's anyway I miss you Sharky's I hope you're doing all right out there in LA. anyway so, yeah, but the one that I specifically remember with these somebody posted this thing that I was like such a bitch to them, you know, at Sharky's. And I like remembered it really specifically. And the confluence of circumstances was like I would like had like a mole burned off my face. Okay, you know what I mean? Like I had had yeah. a mole burned off my face that day. I was with a toddler who was let's be real. 
probably just being a fucking toddler, you know, eating rice and beans. And like, I was frazzled. I was just like, and I, they came up and I, and I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. It's nice. You know, thank you. Okay. That was it. Yeah. Like, and I, and they were so like incensed that I wasn't, I don't know what. Didn't invite you to Yeah. Yeah. Like sitting with them for the rest of the meal or like giving them a joke or something. I just was like, yeah, I'm just Uh, literally guys. I'm just eating like my bean and cheese burrito, you know, like I can't turn it on and be your best friend in this moment. People that has like chilled out for me since Instagram. I feel like, yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel people are like worried. I'm going to start crying, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do. I do love crying too. I do. I do <laughs> no. connect with you on that. I, know. I remember you. I there was a video. Oh God, it was during Girls Five. At one point, you'll probably remember when it was, and it was like a morning, and you woke up and like into the woods, some random song came up on your shuffle. Oh my God! And yes. you like recorded yourself like crying, but it wasn't even like a. It wasn't like no one is alone. It was like a like it was some random into the woods like like reprise or something, and you just genuinely felt this. Th- and I was like, I genuinely started crying with you. I was like, oh my gosh, we have the same like seed in us oh, of like. Sometimes it just hits the emotion yeah, yeah, hits. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in my life, Ashley, when I was young, like sort of pushing emotions down. Me too, yeah. And putting them in a little box, you know? And I used to love being an actor and getting on stage, but but accessing emotions was always really hard for me other than Mm -hmm. anger. (laughs) Anger. (laughs) Anger. Rage. Rage. (laughs) Just pure, unmitigated rage. And and like being like loud and funny and like turning a joke or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do feel like I got, I kind of started getting cracked open several years ago and now I'm just like, I really embrace it. And I embrace people who are in touch with their emotions and like who are moved by things because they think it's really healthy. Like, no, it to- is. It's, and I didn't even realize that I was that way either. And I think it was Jesse Tyler Ferguson who was like, oh, Ashley, are you crying again? Or said something like that. I love uh, him. He's like my brother. He's and the greatest. He's the, he's the best. And because we did this play together and I was like, wait. Am I, do I cry at everything? And I, I realized I, for so long, like long story short, I had cancer in high school. And for that entire experience, I was so proud of the fact that I was like, I cried like twice the entire time. Wow. And I, and like, it was like a badge of like honor for me. Sure. And so that translated into later. And I was like, oh, I can turn on the tears on stage, but I like don't cry in real life. And then I don't know when that changed because it really 180 and I actually don't know when it did, but like- now I'm like, was it what? when Trump got elected? Probably. Was it around that? <laughs> because that was actually for me too, like a bit, it was around that time, maybe a little before actually for me, but uh, I felt like a seismic shift in the world. And then I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't hold all this in anymore. And nor should I. And it's I'm probably not even like out. him coming into office. It was more like the Obama's leaving. Uh, well, that, that, was, that, so was, rough. that, that like, was rough. That was rough. Yeah. Those were rough days. What are you doing your best at biz? Hmm. Well, I am, dude, I'm trying to like, uh, I'm trying to get on top of that email. I'm trying to answer people. Casey, I'm just trying to respond. You know, I appreciate great. that. I, that should be mine. I have like 300 unread texts. I'm bad. I appreciate bad that, that too. but. Also, your email is out of control, and it's hard. It's hard because a lot of people email you. I'm trying to 
stay positive about stuff. I'm trying to like, I don't know, I'm fucking lying. I had a really hard weekend. Like I was just, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not positive. No, today I feel good. I feel good. I'm super excited about Girls 5 Eva. I'm starting to do press. I'm trying to be nice to myself about, I mean, can I just be real? Yeah, please. Yeah, please be real. This is the part about my like retraining my brain about my body. So I fully have gained like probably, I don't know. I don't weigh myself because I like a long time ago was like, that's not a healthy thing for me. I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time in my career being told to lose weight in my early career. Um, That was like super traumatic. I always felt like I was never like the right size for Hollywood or whatever, you know? And then I like kind of was able to sort of move past that stuff. I look at my kids and I'm like, I don't want my kids. I would never want my kids to have any weird fucking bullshit about what bodies mean or like that one body is better than another body just because it, I don't even know, fits into a certain size or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've like done so much therapy and work and like tried to just like fucking shed it. And then I did gain weight during the last bit of the pandemic. And I like, you know, cause like when the pandemic started, I was like super regimented, still working out every day and like still like eating like my healthy food, but still having like my nachos and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was just, I, I had more balance. And then I feel like over the summer last year, it really went off the rails and I was just like, give me all the wine and cookies. And now I just want to eat like cookies and wine. And so now I'm getting ready. I'm doing this press and stuff. And my body is a little bit, it's different. You know what I mean? Like, and I, Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to be nice to myself about it. It's so hard. I like, yeah. I don't. And I also, because like the part of me in my brain where I'm like, it literally doesn't matter. And also you fit in clothes. Like, it's like, not that I wouldn't fit in clothes. Like there, it doesn't matter if you're a size up from the size you were a year ago. You know what I mean? But my brain has such a fucking hard time with it because- for so long, I had my self-worth and my, like, value as a hireable person tied into my body for me by external people and mm-hmm. things that it's really hard for me to, like, even just looking at the press that we're doing in the next year, like, or not next year, sorry, next month. Yeah, The yeah, press yeah. that I'm doing in the next month with Girls 5 Eva, like, thinking about, like, oh, God, should I? And I'm trying to just avoid the thing. So I'm trying to be nicer to myself. I haven't been killing it, but I'm doing okay. And I have been like continuing to just keep up with my workouts, which really help my brain space so that even though, and and not depriving myself, like not, I'm not depriving myself or, and I'm not like doing anything weird. That's Sorry, good. Guys, this yeah. was a lot. This no, no, a lot. no. But okay. I, no I, I'm so glad you said that because I, like, I feel the same way, you know, and it's very... It's like, it's so double-edged because you're, first of all, like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be doing this press and to be talking about this and like doing it and like how cool I get to be in these outfits and all these different things. But it like, it it will take one thing for like for me to spiral with that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this designer sent, like, that's so great that I got this designer to like send me some stuff to like try on for this shit or whatever. They're all sample sizes. I don't fit into sample sizes most of the time, you know, and I'm not a big person. And it takes one thing and I'm like... Well, that, you know, and then like, and it's also hard because that's like the only, like the press, the virtual press I saw you like posting about it the other day. Isn't it like just insane? Because it's It's like so weird, so 
anticlimactic in a weird way, but also like all of all of this energy is like focused on this. And then it's just like, that's what I'm doing. I don't know. It's it's just a weird thing. That's hard. And you're not with people in person too. Like that's the fun thing is being with them in person. And so you're stuck with yourself in a screen in an uncomfortable outfit. And you're like, can I tell you guys something? Talk show. Talk show, Hollywood break, talk show secret. I cannot yeah. tell you how many women I have seen with beautiful open dresses, beautiful open dresses on amazing talk shows, or just a piece of fabric sewn up the back of a beautiful dress. Oh. Just FYI. It's just, yeah, no. FYI to Completely. everyone. Everyone struggling to fit into a dress. I totally get it. I totally get it. But there are other women in your position who have embraced it like 10 years ago and are just like, fuck it. I'm sewing a piece of fabric in this great dress. Nobody's ever going to see the back of it. And that's it. Men do it too. But ladies. For sure. I, you know, and look, and I've had like my fair share of whatever. It just, I just. Yeah. I'm just You're like in, in what I'm trying to do my best at right yes. in this moment right now is like not let it fuck with me so that I'm like, I got to because I really have not dieted in yeah. years now, years. Yeah. And I really don't deprive myself of like, think like, oh, if I want nachos today, like I will eat that. If I want yeah. this, I will eat that. And I'm not way. one of those fucking liars that's like. Say, says that, and then they order nachos and they eat one chip. I right. can't deal with that. That's fake eating. <laughs> right. No. That's right. like performative fake eating. Right. Um, I just, anyway, that's, I, I'm just trying my best right now to like give myself a break and be kind to myself and not like, and, and remember, and remember all the things that I know to be true, which is that like, it doesn't impact anything. My it doesn't impact my personality. It no. doesn't impact my talent. It doesn't impact my ability to stand up for things or to speak no. my mind or to be a pretty competent, sometimes good mom to these kids. Like it doesn't impact anything really of value at all. Now and you look perfect. Thanks. I love you, Casey. I love you too. Ashley, what are you doing your best at this week? I think I'm doing my best, maybe not great at like transitions. Um, I think for like a couple of things, what we were talking about, first of all, like the general thing of like, now people are starting to get vaccinated. Like now it's kind of possible to see people. And at the same time as like everyone being like, oh, you've been vaccinated. Can we see each other? I'm like, I'm leaving for four months in like a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm going back. And I think what was the transition, Ireland, that whole transition back was an interesting one for me because I, you know, went from New York City to like a level five lockdown and filming there and then came back to New York City and it's like spring and people are eating outside and then going back to like, they're just on another lockdown in France and like a week of quarantine there. And like, that's all fine. But I think the thing that kind of like, Shell shocked me a little bit when I came back from Ireland is I'm sure you've both felt this like when projects end or whatever, like you get that, like I get super attached, like super nostalgic end of summer camp feeling like even when I had rap from Girls 5 Ever, I like went and sat and like took videos of Busy and all of them. I just get so sad when things are done. And especially with TV and film, it's like 
theater, you're with those people for a while. But like TV and film, it's like, oh my God, I may never see these people. And I think for me, I've always like like prided myself on and worked really hard on being like, whatever I do, I'm going to really make a home for myself and like a home for everyone else and like whatever it is. And like I had more time doing that and like with Emily in Paris. And I think Ireland was just so fast, you know? So like but I was alone for a week, didn't know anybody. And then for the next week and a half when I was filming, like they became like my family and I like really cared about these people and everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, I came back and it was over and most of the people in my life didn't even know that I went there to film this thing. And I was like, <laughs> and so like, so, so I literally, and then I was like, like, I had a life changing experience. <laughs> like, so it was, and like, it was so nice that like my, my parents, cause I got my second vaccine when I got back and they came, I had a, kind of a bad reaction to the first one. So they came to visit me for the first time in New York, you know, um, when I got the second vaccine and I was just like, literally couldn't stop like cuddling against my mom for like the full week and like when when she I've never spent this much time with him when she left she's like this is how we know you're an adult because you miss mom now you know but like I just and like obviously like I'm single I haven't been in a relationship for a while all this stuff and I love the people in my life and I'm like oh my god the more I go along the more I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna like these transitions are like crazy and wacky and like I like figured it out for myself but like how can I ever bring somebody else along for that ride like look I'm crying like (laughs) you know like but and I just get so I'm like how could I never see those people again and how am I about to go into this family that I know like it's just like wild and so the transitions of like and how blessed am I? Like, I was in Ireland, and now I'm in New York, and now I'm going to go to Paris to no. film. But, like, it's, like, uh, so lonely. You, you know? have, you have such a big, open heart that yeah. everybody's, like, climbing into your heart everywhere you go, it seems oh, like. That's a great and, way to think of it. You know? And so that's that's a lot when everybody has to get out, <laughs> you know? That's get so out, true, yeah. And climb. I don't want to kick them out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To, like, move on to the next place. I can't. My husband um, got his MFA um in writing and he, it was a low residency program. And so they would go for like two weeks at a time to have this like intense on campus thing. And they would tell them at the beginning of these um, residencies to, to not make any decisions or anything because of how intense and how life changing the work was. But he was like, people were like throwing their lives away. Like being like, I'm like changing my, I'm like giving up my career. I'm in love with this person I'm gonna marry this person and they would say like don't make any big big decisions about your lives during these two three weeks because you know it's intense and yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's intense and and artistic but I think that's I think that's good and and any change during especially during this time I think is well I think that people have a hard time sometimes Ashley understanding the very specific intimacy of being in TV, movies, or theater, and making something with a group of other people mm-hmm. because it's such a unique experience. And like anytime I ever hear about two co-stars like fucking or falling in love, I'm like, yeah, obviously, of yeah. course. Yeah, they were in you're, the trenches together. Yeah, you're, you're like, always yeah. in love with the people that you're working with. Always. Like, even mm-hmm. if it's like, even if it's you're not sleeping with them or whatever like you fall in love with the people that you make these things with because you have you to you have to if it's any good and like honestly anything that I've been a part of that's been kind of not great we didn't you didn't have that thing you know yeah. that's mm-hmm. why 
people say it's like alchemy. It's, you know, it's putting together this thing and then hoping that magic happens. And when it does, you get really, really bonded and attached to people. And like, I would just say from my old lady glamour personal experience to you that, you know, the transitions are hard, but you are such an incredible, big hearted, insanely talented human. You're going to work for such a long time that, you know, you will maintain a lot of friendships for the next 20 years from some of these things that you've done. Like you and Erica Mm -hmm. Henningsen, who was in Mean Girls, like you guys are friends for life. You know what I mean? Well, that's what's nice too is from every I've Like my friend Jonalyn kind of coined this in Mean Girls. She was like, you have a lot of lifers. And I was like, oh, that's what I want from every project is I want to have lifers Mm -hmm. for every project, you know? And that, I mean, that's what's so nice about like, I feel like you, Sarah and um, Renee and like even Paula, even though I didn't do that much with her, you know, like I could call you at any second and be like, for sure. Um, that's you know? why I texted and, like, you. I was like, yeah. girl, just anytime, text me. I'm already <laughs> right, right, right. But, like, but it's I, like that's you nice. will, and you take and you take the people with you, and the and they will be your lifers, and you know, you do have to mourn sort of the thing. Oh, weird. Eric Gurian's calling me, guys. Should oh, I answer weird. It? Wait, you're on speakerphone because I'm doing the podcast right now. And it's Ashley and Casey. Say hi. Hi, Eric. Hi. This is so thrilling. I'm honored to be on. <laughs> I saw a cute picture of your baby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ash- Ashley and Casey, they, he can't hear you, but they're saying congratulations oh. on the baby. And they saw a cute picture. Oh. Thank you so much. He's uh, he'll be famous for being on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's very I mean, exciting. Can I call you after? We all miss you. Yes, but you should know in the what I'm calling. I'm calling to ask you about uh, if you've ever been to Cabo. Are you kidding? <laughs> you go all the time, right? Isn't that yes. What, what do you say? Yes. Duh. Okay. Well, so oh my God! Tell me, sounds like a dad now. He has like a dad voice now. You have, have a dad voice. You sound Cabo. You sound. I mean, have you sound I a little been calmer. Cabo. I own <laughs> Cabo. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric, the this montage. Better be called. This episode better be called. I own Cabo. All right. Well, bye. <laughs> bye. Guys, that was Eric Gurian. You finally got to hear his voice. We talked about. We talked about Eric a fair amount because. Oh really? Know, he was, well, he was our like. He was our in-person, like he was. He was from, your guy with the the show, your show. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, so I remember him going to LA yes, and being there. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. So he was definitely um, a part of our lives for a year. Yeah. Casey, is that right? Yeah. A year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a good pivot story that you want to share? What was I think? Because I brought it up earlier. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I like, you know what's interesting about that? I love the pivot thing because I feel like for so long I thought of pivots as like either like mo- like moments or like experiences, like something like very finite. And I think that I'm on the other side of a big pivot right now. We kind of touched on it earlier that I like didn't even know that I was pivoting. Um, but all of a sudden I was like on this side. I think I black out for periods of my life. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. Oh, I cry now. Oh, I'm this now. Like whatever. Yeah. But the big pivot was is that, um, and I think it really has been in the past maybe two years, a year or so, is like for so long I wanted to hide or was embarrassed by the fact that I was Asian. Mm. Or I just did not want that to be part of my identity. And everything that I did 
everything that good that happened to me was in spite of the fact that I was Asian. And now I think that really and genuinely, and I've always wished that this felt felt this way for me. Like, I was like, why am I not? Why have I never had an Asian boyfriend? Why don't I have any Asian friends? Like, why isn't that? Like, what's wrong? You know, and but now everything that happens to me, I'm like, oh, this and I'm Asian. Like, it doesn't have to be in spite of it. And it's just like... I mean, I, I, and I remember even like growing up, like I hid the fact that I was a classical pianist for like my entire life. I like hated when people called me Ash because they associated that with Ash Pokemon when I was growing up and I like didn't want to be con- oh, like see, anything. we're too old. I literally was like, I don't know what, what is that? <laughs> what is happening? But like any, like Hello Kitty, like anything, like the, fa- like just, just really anything. And like, what's so interesting, I think the pivot is that because now I'm working on stuff and, lo- and seeking stuff to work with not only other females, um, but other Asian people. And like for so long, my value went up in the room because this is like our world of tokenism, right? My mm-hmm. value went up in the room when I was the only Asian or the only person of color. And that is what the problem is right now is we're all sure. pitted against each other. But you know, there's room for all of us. And like for so long, I found my value in and being the only Asian person, which is like a really weird and scary thing. And like you look at all of my friends too, you know, and that's not saying that those are not genuine and amazing friendships and everything, but uh-huh. I have made it a, I was talking with my agent actually, Kevin Lin, who's just like amazing. And he's at CAA. He just like created that whole CAA Amplify thing um, for Asian American voices. And we were having a conversation, I think like a year ago. And we we're like, you know what's so interesting? I wouldn't have been caught dead years ago with an Asian agent. I would... I would wow. have, I would rather have no one on my team be Asian. I just like didn't want, and he was like, it took him like five or six years to take on an Asian client. And he grew up, wow. he's like about, he's in his early thirties. He went to Harvard. He's like, you know, because we were, it was so embedded in us that like, we are only, we, we can only be of value if we have some kind of specialness and our specialness is that we're the only one, one of us, you know? So, and, but now it's like, oh my God, I look at the things I'm interested in doing and the things people I'm talking to, I'm, I'm so many of us like Asian actresses have like reached out and we'd never had talked or anything Mm -hmm. because it's like, you're my direct competition Mm because there's space for only one. And like, I don't want to be in an Asian story or an Asian American like screenwriters thing because before, because then I'm only in the Asian story. Like that's where I'm like, you know, so it's just like this whole mind shift of like, now I'm genuinely excited to be around other Asian people when for like my entire life, I was so ashamed of that part of myself. I think anyone who's ever been marginalized can probably, you know, it's not direct one-to-one comparison, but I think anyone can probably identify with that on some level because Mm -hmm. anyone who's ever been marginalized has always been in that situation where there can only be one woman or one black person or, you know, just there's only going to be one person of color involved with this project or whatever it is. So I, I think a lot of people can understand exactly what you're saying. But it also is like, it's part of the cultural shift too, Ashley is like, and I really, I'm super impressed, like even to just hear you have, I mean, to be quite honest, like the bravery to admit that. Um, When I think about like white fragility and how many white people online still or in person, I've had this fucking conversation with like, who like, refuse to do to acknowledge their own that's what it is it's participation just in it yeah. you know which is like I am fully you know like you have to be able to acknowledge your own participation in in 
all this shit if you want it to get better in any way, shape, or form. And you have to look at the landscape of the country right now and what's happening all over and and say, I want shit to get better. Right. And you everyone. have to be dead honest with yourself. Like, that's like the scariest thing. It's like, that's the scariest thing is looking in the mirror, right? Whether it's like actually or not, you know, it's like right. when you're like, I got to be dead honest. And like what? And even I've talked about my mom a lot on this, you know, because I just I was just with her and like thinking about her and my dad so much. And like, it's even even in, like the only Asian person I was never ashamed to be around was my mother. I wanted her to come with me to everything because guess oh. what? It was she was defying every stereotype. She's just like this young bubbly, went to UCLA, like has no Asian accent, like totally not what people would have thought this like I like my mother would be growing up, you know, especially when like I was always determined to get A's and all this stuff. So you would think I had a certain kind of stereotypical mother. And so I loved bringing her around because it always like was like, whoa, another thing that threw people off. But even that, that's not great that I'm proud of my mother for being with me because it's it's like throwing people off too and like proving them wrong. Mm -hmm. And so like it's that like mentality shift like that's yeah, it's just it's a crazy time. It's crazy. We'll talk about talk about gaslighting, right? Being gaslit. I think it's so interesting, not just the bravery to to say this is what was happening, but also just being smart enough to like put your finger on it that this is what's happening. But right. the biggest trick that like, you know, the patriarchy played on all of us is to be like, yeah, there can only be one. There can only be one woman, one Asian person, one whoever. Right. And if you're when anything like, like all women, yeah. 13 of them lined up. And I'm like, why, 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 but why do you get 13, 14, 15 of you and there can only be one of me like why why is and we never asked we were just like oh yeah 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 there can only be one of me like that totally makes sense yeah we're taught that that's where the value comes from (laughs) right it's like you're at the you're at the top if you're surrounded by white men yeah and you're just like step on another girl's face to get into that like one spot to like hang out with those 14 guys who are like yeah congrats you made it you know you realize that like they're super boring also (laughs) their jokes aren't funny and Uh, no i am so uninterested also like (laughs) this is like getting a little personal but like in terms of like boys in my life too, you know, like I was like, wow, I am so not even uninterested, but I'm so bored by any white guy who doesn't get it. Oh yeah. my God. Like I do not have it in me to no. explain or even hold your hand through it. Like, no, get mm-hmm. it. And then talk to me. <laughs> like, you know, once I'm uninterested. Once you see it, once you smell it, you can't, no, you can never go back. Yeah. <laughs> never go back. Well guys, we're yes. going to let the incredible Ashley Park go because she has a previous engagement. Casey she has and to I get ready to go to Paris to go meet guys, Emily and Perry. Perry uh, I, is Perry is waiting. <laughs> One of my entire suitcases is skincare and hair care. Like I'm not going to oh! be able to pack. I don't know what to do. Wait, a I'm so sorry, Ashley. You're going to. Oh, I guess it's in lockdown. It's all I was like, closed. oh shoot, I'm yeah, so that scared. Does suck. Of, that and they don't have any like Amazon Prime over there, so like I'm bringing it all. <laughs> you can text me. I'm here. I will ship. I'll we'll ship send you, whatever. you whatever you need. Here's the thing. Truthfully, that is true. I anyone can ship you anything that you need. You know what I mean? I know, I'll but just, right now the mail's backlog too. Like, weeks. Oh, is that true? It's messy. Uh oh. Okay. But you well. can still just send it. Right. <laughs> how many suitcases? How long do you shoot for? Five months? Four months? Four months. And how many suitcases do you bring? Um, I was only going to bring three. I'm definitely bringing at least four. There's no way. <laughs> 
Well, no way. I'm with you in a whole suitcase of, that's just toiletries. I can't. I mean, I don't I'll know. I'll tell I you would. what. I am looking just, forward to seeing your skin in that show. I thought it was so fun and you. I can't wait for the next season. I'm going to lay in bed all day and watch it. And uh, obviously, I'm going to watch Girls 5 Emma. Obviously. Well, that, that'll come out before Emily and Perry. Because, I yeah. know. Yeah. I can't wait. Girls okay. How do I? Imminent. Um, Ashley, we love you. Travel I safe. I love you guys. Thank Text you for me. this. Text me whenever you need something and I'll try to get it over there. You're a delight. Okay, because you're you're being good at I'll, I'll email you because you're really answering uh, all those now. Wait, te- <laughs> just no, kidding. Do you, you should text me. Yeah, I'll text you. <laughs> I respond to texts better. Okay. Right. Okay, okay. okay, okay bye, so bye. I'm just gonna leave, right? Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Oh, she's the best. Wait, hold on. Oh, we're holding, holding for hair. Holding for scrunchie. I'm very uncomfortable today, Casey. I don't know if you can tell. I'm physically, I've been shifting around a lot. I'm like, it I happens. Can't get, ugh. I think it's like, um, do you, like maybe you have like sensory integration issues? Do you think? Well, sure, obviously. Yeah, that's like an ADHD <laughs> thing. My no, husband, obviously. yeah, yeah I, have husband, have I have all that shit. I have all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Do, do you have like you like? Do you have like certain socks you can't wear? Certain shirt collars. I mean, I don't know. I just have stuff that like at certain times I'll put on and I'll be like, absolutely not. Get the yes. fuck off of me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just love Ashley Park so much. Um, what a sweet, lovely, talented she, person. She's so multi-talented. 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 A the triple voice. threat. The voice. The dance moves. The acting. The knowing how to pronounce Paris. I mean, I'm really glad that she cleared that up because that was I a feel like that was storm. A, I feel like, listen, we don't get a lot of press on this pod right now, but I feel like <laughs> I feel that, like that's a that's a scoop. If that doesn't know? land us in peoplemag.com, well, I don't know no what will of this world. Yeah. I did spray some ant spray while we while she was talking because I've been having some. It was been raining here the last couple of days, and I had an ant. Situation over here. A real vermin problem. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The fucking vermin. The mice. That mouse situation. Guys, have you missed my Instagram story of the mouse that Ray and I tried to capture with a mixing bowl that then Ray, like, smashed the mouse in half on accident with the mixing bowl and then just we put a box over it we didn't know that it was smashed and ha- it was a disaster yeah a true fucking disaster yeah. but wait i don't want to talk about that i wanted to ask you about the explosion oh what the fuck happened casey it was crazy. Okay, so the other night we were having dinner, a late dinner, my family, and um, all of a sudden there was just like a bang. I saw your tweet and you were like, was there just an earthquake except it was just like hitting my roof? Like one bang. And we were like, we thought a tree fell on our roof. And of course, like my husband wanted to run right outside. And I was like, that could have been like a gunshot. It could have been someone kicking through our fence. It could have been. 
you never know. know. Yeah. And I was like, hey, babe, maybe like don't run right outside like the um, stupidest person in a horror movie. Like maybe give it a second in case it was like someone, (laughs) you know, like kicking down our fence or whatever. And so he was like, no, I got to find out what it is. So he ran outside and he was like inspecting and there was no tree on our roof. And then our neighbor ran out with an axe, which um, entertained me. An axe? No, and it was like a decorative axe, I guess, he had pulled off his wall. I mean, well, first of all, we need to get into why does he have a decorative axe I don't know. I was pleased it wasn't a gun. I'll say that. I was like, I'm glad his only um, defense is a decorative axe, you know? Um, Yeah. But I also was like, you know, he thought he was going to fight an earthquake with an axe. But also, he was thinking home intruder. So that made me feel better that I was like... Matthew, don't like go outside and try to fight whatever it is. So it wasn't a tree. It wasn't whatever. And our neighbor who's lived in Los Angeles for a long time said, maybe it was just like a real quick bang earthquake. And we were like, but that's weird because it did feel like it was something that fell on our roof. And so then the guys were talking and saying like, it felt like it came from this direction, whatever, whatever. But it turns out that it was a house that exploded um, a couple blocks from here, which we thought it was a gas explosion. And was Um, it a meth lab? Was it a meth lab? It wasn't a meth lab, but it does turn out that it was possibly a marijuana growing operation in some How does that explode? I don't know exactly. I think it had possibly to do with the fertilizers that they were using. Oh, sure. That's an explosive. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I don't want to besmirch anyone, um, before all the facts are in, but, uh, it seems like, well, this is actually going to be used in a court of law. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so it did, um, whatever happened, it made an entire collection of the events (laughs) is going to be played at the trial from this podcast. Whatever happened, it did make a house blow the fuck up. And uh, then there was just like helicopters everywhere. And there is like, oh, God, talk about I'm going to get my whole family whacked. But there's like a house that we call it the Kingpin's house because it like really looks like (laughs) it really looks like it's owned by like a Kingpin um, because it's very fancy and it has like a lot of fancy things added onto it. But the Kingpin's Kingpin's house, like all the windows got blown out and everything. Like a lot of people, a lot of people's windows got blown out. Um, But yeah, our friend Keisha lives right nearby. And here's what I learned on Twitter is that a lot Mm. of people I know are like actually our neighbors live within like blocks of us. So, um, you know, when once we're all vaccinated, we'll all hang out. But yeah. Wow. It was um, it was very scary and um, wild yeah and then a lot of helicopters and still like a lot of helicopters coming around and i'm like yeah it's still blown up guys still blown up i gotta take they gotta get the shots yeah yeah um surprisingly no one was killed so that's why i feel uh, you know thank god yeah you can talk about it because no one yeah yeah okay so i did something crazy last night what'd you do well you know it's been just a it's been a rough time. If you were listening to this and you're like, "Ugh, she's so fucking annoying always talking about how it's been such a rough time." You know, I hear you. I really do. Also, it's been a rough time. Yeah. Uh, and a lot and for everybody. And like a lot of transition, a lot of change and like it's yeah. it's just a weird it's also just a weird time. Yeah. And for us like moving across country has been really tricky and all that. Yeah. And you know, we got fully vaxxed 
And I was doing press today. So I had gotten, I was getting COVID tested anyway. I knew that. Yeah. And on last week, uh, we were downstairs and Mark was looking on the computer. And now guys, here's a thing. I don't know if you know this or not, but Mark is a longtime Lakers fan. Such a huge Lakers fan that Mark had season tickets. Mark has had season tickets for like 20 years. Right. Even through the really bad years. Right. When I was like, are we sure that that's the way you want to spend your money that on that? Okay. Right. And he did because it really brings him a lot of joy. Right. And I'm all for like, what brings you joy? And he would sell tickets and like, you know, he probably, but he would go to a fair amount of games a year in person, like probably 20, I guess, yeah. at least a year, yeah. depending on the season. So, uh, here we are, and he's like, I don't know, on the computer, as one is, and he's like, hey, the Lakers are playing the Knicks next week. You know, you can get tickets. And I was like, what? How? That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, yeah, it's only 2,000 tickets out of the stadium, which seats over 20,000 people. And you have to present they have on-site COVID testing and you have to have a negative test or present proof that you're fully vaccinated with this like, have you heard about this like weird thing? Like it's like a passport thing. Oh, like a vaccine passport. Yeah, it's everybody's it's, very upset about it. It's called something though, like the Exodus or something. Oh, I don't know. There's one that's like, it's like has a name. It sounds cool. I mean, I want one. <laughs> uh, but... You get so you get tested, you wear a mask, like everybody's the seating is you're fully at least six feet away from anybody else. Yeah. It's not like, you know, whatever. And I was like, would that be something you would want to do? You want to go see the Lakers? And he's like, I mean, yeah, I really want to do that. And I was like, okay, well, sure. I guess. Yeah, I'll do it with you. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean, Seems wild, but it feels like they have like a lot of steps in place. And like, I know that that's something you've really missed. And like, yeah, let's just do it. And I'm making myself sound nicer than I am. <laughs> I just, I just realized that I'm like, you were like you 25% guys, bitchier. Well, I'm just like, I, it wasn't all that deep. I just was like, <laughs> sure. But in my head, that's what I was thinking, but I didn't. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you don't verbalize the things that you're thinking and you're just like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. But what I was thinking was like, I know that it really means a lot to him yeah. to get to see the sports people do yes. their thing. Yes. And he hasn't had that in quite some time. And I just yeah. was like, yeah, sure. Okay. So anyway, get our tests on site booked. Like you can book a special time. You have to fill out a questionnaire. Really felt like, let me tell you something. Felt like Madison Square Garden. Guys, I'm not drinking. I literally have not had anything but water today. Feels like Madison Square Garden really had the protocols, like had it all figured out. And it was very strict. And there was a lot of security and a lot of like, you know, uh, little circles where you could stand, you know. Yeah. To wait in line and stuff, yeah. whatever. So we went to Madison Square Garden. We got our COVID tests, you had to wait outside 
for the test results to come back. They get they ping through to your phone. Then you had to show these security people like the proof that you filled out the health form on the on the app and then you had to show them the negative test and then your ticket. And then you got to go in. And it was just like the whole thing was just so surreal. Like it just felt so wild that we were doing it, you know? Yeah. And um, Mark refused to wear any of his fancy Lakers gear, any of his Lakers gear. And he refused to let me wear anything that said Lakers on it because as a season ticket Lakers season ticket holder in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. He does not let, he finds it disrespectful when fans, <laughs> when fans of the team that are coming into play wear their jerseys and are obnoxious. And he refused to do that in the home of the Knicks. He wanted to be, <laughs> he wanted to be respectful. Now, let me say, so, we talked a little, the Knicks. we talked a little bit about this on the phone. Actually, Mark and I talked a little bit about this uh-huh. on the phone <laughs> before. So you're telling this for the podcast audience, but I talked about it to my husband who's he's not a sports fan at all but I mentioned that Mark didn't want to wear Lakers gear um to Madison Square Garden and my husband was like oh yeah I wouldn't either he he thought that that was like he got it and respected Mark's um Mark's decision okay I talked to my friend Goldie uh texted with but still that's how we talk that's how everybody talks I texted with my friend Goldie who's like huge basketball yes I know Goldie yes Mm -hmm. And Goldie said Mark is correct. Yeah. That is the that is the appropriate correct thing to do. Yeah. You're in someone else's home. You don't flaunt it, even though they're they're coming into play. There's no need. You don't have to be that guy. And I was like, wow, this is a wild. I didn't realize that this kind of etiquette on some level exists with I don't I don't know. Listen. I've never this, but I this was, goes for anything, not even basketball. Always err on the side of respect. Well, let me tell you, then I'm waiting in the line. They have one line for if you have a a bag with you because it has to go through the x-ray. Sure. So I was waiting in that line. And I was a little annoyed because the like the lines without the bags, like the, you know, were empty. And, uh, but then I got to the front and there was a man there and he said, welcome back, miss. You came to. (laughs) You came to the world's most famous arena. Are you excited? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then he's like, you have a great night. Step through the metal detector. And I heard, welcome back, miss. You came to the world's most famous arena. Are you excited? Have a great night. And he was saying it to every single person that had to put a bag through the thing, through the metal detector thing. That was like his, and I loved it. I loved it. And I thought about him. Yes. And I, this is what I was thinking, you know, because I always build a story. Yeah. He was an older gentleman. I assume, I know just from the Staples Center, from Mark having those season tickets, you know, I've like, I've only gone for whatever, however long I've known Mark, 15 years. But like, you know, the ushers, the people that work there are the same people. You see the same people every game. Like, they're, they're lifelong employees of of the Lakers franchise and the Staples Center and whatever. And I just like imagined this man at home waiting to yeah. be able to go back to Madison Square Garden. And I wonder if it always 
was welcome to the you came to the world's most famous arena. Are you excited? Or if this is a new thing that he came up with during the lockdown, during the time when he wasn't able to work. That's a good question. I I almost wanted to circle back and ask. But if you're a person who's gone to Madison Square Garden for events and you've had to go through the bag line and you've there's been an older gentleman and he said something to you and then you've noticed he's saying the exact same thing to everyone else. Was it, welcome back, you came to the world's most famous arena, are you excited, have a great night? Or was it something else? <laughs> Let me know. Like, yeah, we like, want to know. Like and comment below. We want to know. Well, I love that. That was just the beginning. Oh. And then, and then we went in and it was just weird. It just felt very empty. Yeah. And I mean, it was super empty. And... Like most of the food isn't open and I was a little bummed because I really wanted whatever the hot chicken, honey chicken was, whatever that oh, was. Fra- hun- yeah. Hot honey fried chicken looked real good. Not yeah. not open. Not available. Um, not available. Uh, but yeah, like we were so far away from anyone else and um, but the people in the celebrity row – were like uh Spike Lee was there. Oh. Which, you know, I love that's Spike. a great it's a great celebrity row. It's a great sighting. celebrity sighting. Yeah, you know, I love Spike. Yeah. And um I'm like, I'm just trying to think, was there anyone else in the celebrity row? It was there just weren't that many people. Yeah. Oh, we got, we were on the Jumbotron right in the very beginning. And I'm Mark sure everyone a- was. <laughs> Well, that was the thing that was kind of wild. Like, sort of, the camera guy was just like, hey, and he would just like wave up to you and he'd be like, you, I'll just put you up next. So you could just, but we weren't, but we didn't get singled out like that. Like, there was a guy that was being honored for a thing that he did. Yeah. He seemed, he seemed like a nice guy. And he, and we were just behind him. Okay. I tried to get Mark to get his camera out to take a picture, but he didn't get it out fast enough. And that's not on him. That's really just, I should have. I should have known, really, yeah. that we should be yeah. ready at all times for the Jumbotron moment. It's, that, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? But it was fun overall. Weird. It was weird. It was I weird. thought it was weird. It's you could, weird. Like, there's no one around you. I yeah. mean, to be honest, Casey, it was sort of like the way I would always want to go to a sports thing and see okay. people. Yeah. Because I just, just like, don't love the crowds. We're just re-entering into a completely different world is what I think it is. Like we've had this conversation about we, you and I have had this conversation where you're like New York, like you're like, you've been back to LA Mm -hmm. and you're like, my LA is gone. It's so different than the LA I lived in. And I don't know any better about what New York was, you know, like it's just where I live now. Yeah. It's just where I live now. And I'm like, New York is so different. The New York that I know isn't the same anymore. And LA is relatively new to me. But then I'm like, (laughs) it's so weird because I'm like, okay, so like you went to Madison Square Garden and there was like two people there or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, here in LA, the arc light closed, you know, but I can't fucking believe that, which is like the movie theater here, the Cinerama dome, which is like, I literally like people were like, just falling to the ground and can you you even understand like, you know, 
Wait, Casey, do you even understand that yesterday when we found out about the arc light, I said to Mark, like, well, that's the death knell. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, we can't, you have no idea. Like, the fucking, I didn't even join in on the arc light morning and, and stories and stuff because I just was like, honestly, I'm, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, if you were a person that, like, loves movies yeah which obviously I am yeah and like the Cinerama Dome was is and the Cinerama Dome I'm sure will like somebody's gonna they'll open it up like I don't know I what's so. gonna happen I, so. I I just the, it's a landmark it was landmarked yeah yes so they can't destroy they're not gonna it. tear it down but well at one point there was a discussion about them tearing it down this was right I mean I lived in LA you know 23 years yeah um there was, and that's when they landmarked it. Um, but like the arc light was in Hollywood was everything. Like everything. Yeah. yeah. I so much happened. Yeah. Me I mean, I the arc light. I was a founding member or whatever. <laughs> like some people, some people were like bragging about that online. Like yeah. I was a founding circle member. I was like, yeah, me too, bitch. Yeah. I was a founding circle member too. No, I mean, I, I like, I'm hearing people like, are like, I, when I first came to LA, I worked at the Arclight. Like I knew the bartenders there. It's like, you know, it's like this really lovely theater where everybody just loves movies so much and they introduce the well, films. It was the, and it was the first time it was the first for, from, from my experience, the Arclight was like the first time that you could like pick your own seats and you had reserved seating. Yes. And it was like the whole place was like, made toward the film going experience and right. it was more expensive. Yes. So like when I was, uh, you know, younger and didn't have as much like expendable income, right. the, the decision would always be made like with my friends, like what movie are we going to see at the Arclight? Right. As opposed to just like, you could go to like the Bev Cent and go to like the right. trash theater. Right. Or you could go to, you know, the Grove was like, Yes. The Grove was something else. It's a Pacific theater, which is I also know, which is, closing. They own. Yeah. The Pacific theaters are also closing. They are? Yes. There's going to be like zero. There's going to be like triple X theaters left in Los Angeles. It's rough. For there me, aren't any triple X. The Tomcat closed. You I see, know. you don't even remember the Tomcat. I know. See, see Casey, you don't it's even know. Rough. It's rough. For like, me, the Arclight is like, you know, like I only went a few times, but like when I first moved to LA, like a really special thing for my family is Wes Anderson films, which I know people are like, oh, Wes Anderson. But my boys really love Wes Anderson films and it's always a really big deal for them to see them together like they'll really like make a point to see them together and they see them multiple times together and so when we first moved to LA um Isle of Dogs was out and uh and it was you know the first time the boys were living apart because Eli was on the east coast in college and Lincoln was on the west coast and so we went to the arc light to see Isle of Dogs and it was like with Eli's permission kind of like you can go see Isle of Dogs I know you want to see it you can go see it and so we went to see it and um, they had a display of all the stop motion puppets from the movie. Oh, yeah. And so because they'll always have the costumes or the props from the movies on display at the Arclight. And there was actually a big display of you because um, because uh, I Feel Pretty was coming out. So there was that like, was super exciting. Yeah, yeah. So there was a huge um, a huge 
picture of Busy on the wall. And then the stop motion puppets from Isle of Dogs were, were there and you could see how much they had been used. Their joints were like coming through the skin of the puppets and Lincoln was taking so many pictures and sending them to his brother and being like, oh my God, it's so exciting. The puppets from the movie are here and like they're here, really here, the real puppets. And, you know, it's like, it was a pretty big deal. So I, I definitely know that it was a very, very special place and just to see everyone's like emotion over losing that place and then you're like, that really sucks. You could feel how much it sucks for everybody here in LA and then today like I'm like you know log on to Twitter and see that New York now has like robot police dogs wait what oh you didn't see that no I haven't been I was doing okay I'm so sorry I was doing late night with Elmo okay I was a guest I was a guest a future guest yeah on late night with Elmo because yeah because because Elmo has a late night show (laughs) yeah I don't but Elmo does no. Yeah. A couple it's puppets okay. have late night shows. Listen, a lot of puppets. I'm going to go so far as to say a lot of puppets have late, have night, late shows. night shows. Did you watch um, Zoe's the, the trailer? trailer for yeah. Yeah. Zoe's it looks really show. good. Yeah. It looks so fucking amazing. Guys, if you don't know who Zoe is, um, she's a writer and a comedian. and Look uh, into her. She's fucking amazing. And she has a new late night talk show that's going to be launching on, I think, Showtime, right? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. uh, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. But also, I, I don't think I want to be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Okay, so guys, she did. If you know who she is, then you'll like appreciate this. If you don't, then look, at, look into it. Yeah. But like sort of early days of her lockdown impromptu Instagram live shows she was doing. Yeah. She reached out to me on Twitter and was like, like, Hey, I think you'd be an iconic guest or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, Oh fuck. No. I just like wrote, I like wrote back. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't think so. Thanks though. Like I can't, I can't do well, it. Well, because it's it's a little bit of like a self-awareness test, right? Cause it, it's well, like, I have a lot of self-awareness right. and you know what my self-awareness knows that not I'm not, I can't, I can't do yeah. that. I can't put myself in that position. I'll just cry. Yeah. Cause it's a I'll little cry. bit of like a gotcha show. Like that's kind of the point. It's, it's the like, point. And it's, it's so like fucking funny. Trip you up and, and get you on one of your, one of your spots where you're not seeing the whole picture. Right. And, and so, you know, yeah, it's, it's a really good, it's really good. that Instagram was really good and it's fucking yeah. genius. I mean, yeah. She's genius, and yes. I'm super like excited about the show. I can't wait to watch yeah. it. Um, yeah. What's happening? Is everything okay? I'm looking now <laughs> at the robot police dogs. No, I'm looking at um, Grimes got a humongous tattoo of alien scars on her back. These I are mean, the things. Wait, these are the things that are trending for me. Yeah. Um, the Minnesota police officer, Kim Potter, who shot and killed Duante right during a trap. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. That's something is happening there. Yeah. I can't see the rest of the headline. She resigned. She resigned is what happened. Right. Because she couldn't tell the difference between a taser and a gun, apparently. Yeah. Is her excuse. I think also she was probably ar- allowed to resign so that she can like probably keep her retirement is instead of being fired. Fuck, man. Yeah. I've been... Shit's hard. It's a lot. 
It's a, it's Minnesota really needs to get its shit together. The entire uni- United States needs to get its shit together with respect to policing, but Minnesota in particular. I cannot imagine the pain of black people to be watching the Derek Chauvin trial going on and to have another black man killed as that's happening is, I can't imagine. And this is like kind of what I was saying a little bit when Ashley was on the phone, still the amount of white women on my Instagram posing, get your facts straight. He had a warrant for his arrest. And it's like, okay, first of all, get your fucking facts straight. Like, since when does a warrant out mean that someone should be murdered? Let's just start there. Let's start, just start there. there. And let's then, start there. Yeah, start and there. And then let's start to unpack the fact that, like, the window shield obstruction law is just a racist bullshit law so right. that officers can stop and frisk people right. that they've profiled. Right. And that the warrant was for pretty much nothing and that it was sent to the wrong address and blah, blah, blah. Just it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of the system failing and failing again. And someone winds up dead again. A a young father winds up losing his life over nothing for no reason. Just like a young kid. Yeah. But I don't, but then I, I mean, that's the, the disconnect for me is when, people aren't willing to just walk the two extra steps in their brain to like think critically like that. They're so entrenched in this idea that like police is just to protect and to serve all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So entrenched in this idea that, that even now they can't see beyond what the fuck is that? Yeah, my friend, she wrote this on Twitter. She's not she doesn't have anything to do with um with policing. Her name's Kelly Wickham Hurst. She's an educator and she just wrote about the need to control young black men in school. And she wrote this really interesting thread about when LeBron James started wearing a sweatband to play basketball, how young black men in school in the school where she worked started wearing sweatbands and how she started getting messages from white teachers saying this must be stopped. And she was like, "Why?" Like, what is it hurting? What is it harming? And how much effort went into, how much effort was taking away from educating these young men, these teachers taking time to band together and spend their time to come up with a plan to stop these young men from just wearing fucking sweatbands to like emulate a hero of theirs, an athletic hero. And then finally, like, you know, they won. They won. It, the The boys were told that they couldn't wear the sweatbands. And it's like, how do you... And it, it's just about control. It's just about controlling behavior. And it's like, what what is the harm in that? And then you realize that it's it really is just about power and control. And it's... I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. It's, it's really not... upsetting. 
it's, yeah, it's not, it's disturbing. It's disturbing to see that because you can tell yourself that, you know, well, you can tell yourself like, oh, it's a white, angry male thing and that it's like something that sick men do and Mm. it's something that, Mm. you know, but then it's not just, is it? It's not. No, it's not. And so, and then, so when you have a woman who's like, who follows you on Instagram and loves your workout videos and then tells you to get your facts straight about the warrant out for someone's arrest, then it's not just, is it? No. And and like, by the way, in order to justify the murder of a young black man by a police, another murder. Right. To justify it, to do the fucking mental gymnastics in her own brain as she's commenting. Incensed, so mad, so upset that I would post about it. Right. That this kid deserves justice. It just, it's got, it's got to change. And there's nothing, there, there is nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with rethinking your ideas old ideas and that's what was that's what I was saying like I think is so fascinating and so that's why I said to Ashley I thought that was so fucking brave yeah to for Ashley at age 30 to admit that is pretty fucking amazing like I was I was I bought into a thing I was wrong like about my own race like about my own you know place yeah in the world it's a lot. My head hurts. I think people are feeling really, really heavy hearted. And, you know, and a lot of people have kind of written in like on the, on our Instagram saying like, I wish you'd talk about this and like, tell us what we should do. And like, what should you do? I mean, like you should do the homework and you should check in on people that you love. Their hearts are heavy. People's hearts are heavy. People are fucking tired. People are fucking tired of just a day can't go by. A day can't go by without. No. no. I don't I don't think that that's, listen, if there's one thing about this, this time, and especially like the last four years, I would say, of just being sort of, like a reckoning and and an awareness and a waking up of a lot of different types of people, all different in all different ways. And like, once you, it's the thing I always say to Bernie, right? Once you see something, you can never not see it. And so now we see it. So you can never not see it. And so it's there and you have to like be willing to fucking deal with it. I mean, I ordered, I didn't, after like talking to Ashley, several weeks ago and reposting uh, the thing that she had posted on Instagram, her, her, her video, I like ordered model minority is that book. Cause I was like, I really have never done that fucking research. I've really never looked into it. I like, right. like peripherally sort of fucking know what it is, but I've never like, I should know, I should fucking know what that is, you know? Right. Also guys, I'm not great at reading books and I'll just say this, like, it's good to have the books there and you right. can like flip through them and you can right. look things up and you don't have to like commit to sitting down and reading white fragility from front to back and then like doing the work 
book attached to like me and white supremacy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you have to like go enroll in a class. I'm saying, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying for me, I have found it to be helpful to have the uh, tools available so that when I have the time or the space, I can like pick it up and check it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? But if you want to enroll in a class, do that. But well, yeah, also, I mean, that's like, great. Pay attention to how you consume things. That's what I think. Like, meet, you know, I, I've been saying the phrase a lot meet people where they are, meet yourself where you are, pay attention to how you consume things. If you're on social media a lot, then, you know, add it to your social media diet. If you watch television a lot, add it to your television diet. Uh, if God, you re- you're so smart. Why are you so smart? <laughs> it's so exhausting how you always have the best ideas. By the way, that's the thing. Like, like for some people like myself, like I spend so much fucking time online, right? So like right. years ago, I started to diversify my feed, right. honestly, per you, per your <laughs> recommendation. Not even your recommendation, just like something you had said to me really resonated. Right. And and like several years ago, I started adding like, uh, you know, educators and, and like black influencers even like just to get just different ideas on my in my before my eyeballs yeah and yeah sometimes books don't do it for me but sometimes a podcast does right and there are yeah yeah, there are different places to go yeah it just makes you more familiar and then yeah and then you're more comfortable talking about these things and then yeah it just you know I I mean I can recommend until the cows come home, but if I'm recommending something that's not right for you and it's not helpful, then it's not helpful and you won't, you won't check it out. So the best thing to do is just to know yourself, know what you're most likely to actually take a look at and then add it to your, add it to your whatever diet. If you're, Oh my God. So wait, speaking of which, cause yes. I talked to you about this a little bit over the weekend, but anyway, yes. you know, Birdie has gotten into Taylor Swift now. Yes. And uh, I have to admit my own bias in this moment. Guys, don't come for me. But I was one of those people that was like annoyed that Taylor Swift never took a political stand. Right. Over the weekend, we watched the documentary, Miss Americana. Yes. And I told Casey I was literally sobbing when – she, Taylor, was talking about Marsha Blackburn running for office and knowing that she needed to speak out and knowing that she needed to step up and her explaining how she had been basically trained to never talk about anything that could possibly alienate someone and how she just knew in her heart like that that didn't sit quite right but she kind of felt just sort of tied into this thing and wanting to be a good girl and like do the right thing and not make anyone upset and she realizes like at what price is that you know so what if I have you know when I have this like opportunity in this platform and the part where I was crying is that if you guys have seen the documentary, I'm sorry, but Casey doesn't see it. So I'm going to say, explain it again for Casey. The part that I was crying about is when she's got this 
statement that she wants to make. And she's really thought so much about it. And you can tell it's really hard for her to go against the wishes of the people that are closest to her in terms of like her mom is obviously supporting her because she's sitting next to her, but I think it's like her dad. And then it's another man who seems like he's been around a long time in her life and maybe as like a manager or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was unclear who he was, but there were yeah. was like two older men sitting across from her. And one of them, I can't remember if it's her dad or the other guy says, I mean, let's just be real. If I came to you and I said, I have an idea I just want to run by you, but you're probably going to lose like half of your audience. Would that seem like a good idea to you? And just the way that they're speaking to this woman, Taylor Swift is a woman who's in control of her own career, who's like done so much fucking badass shit at this point, had testified against that creepy ass DJ who felt her. Groped her. Yeah. Yes. And... But just sitting across from these two men that like obviously has have been in her life since birth, basically, one of them right. at least, and having them so clearly say to her, like, this isn't your place, and right. her still say like knowing that it is, and even her talking about the Trump thing, because that was always I was always like, so you know, that yeah. was where I was annoyed. Yeah. I was just like my heart fucking broke, and I was like. God damn it. Here's where I have to be generous with people like everyone. I have to be generous with everyone and even myself some, you know, sometimes in this regard. It's like maybe it did take you X number of years to get to a place, but when you get to the place, like that's fucking amazing. And you get to now move forward knowing and feeling like, okay. I can do this now. Like, I know how to stand up for this thing. And it gets less and less scary. Uh, And I just feel like that, I don't know. I just was like, I feel like sometimes I'm hard on people too, where I'm like, fuck you. What's wrong with you? Why can't you stand up for anything? You know what I mean? So afraid of losing, losing friends. Who gives a shit? Like, I used to yell at my mom with the like horrible Republican ladies she was friends with in Arizona. Right, right. Like, How do you go to lunch with these people? Right. They're like horrible. They don't believe that like gay people should be married, you know, like what, like whatever when I was in right. high school. And my mom's like, well, busy. I just, I wouldn't have any friends. And I'm like, well, who fucking cares? Right. And eventually like my mom did have it out with at least one of those ladies. And like, it just, it took it took her years, but she did it. Right, you know, we all reach our breaking points. Maybe yours is right now on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, mad respect to Taylor. I do want to watch that documentary. It's interesting, you know. It's an interesting look into her as a human and her as like a product, a brand, and you know, and where those things meet and how the people in her life see her and how she sees herself. And I just like, I'm like done being cynical, I guess is my point. Yeah. Maybe this is, that's the more succinct way guys. And I'm sorry that I'm just not doing a good job at podcasting this week. I don't know what to fucking tell you. We took two weeks off. We're getting it back. We're doing great. We're doing our, we're doing our best. We're trying. And yeah, I, I think we're doing, I think we're doing fine. You'll let us know. You'll let us know what you think. You can email us, busydoingherbest at gmail.com. Anyway, Late Night with Elmo was fun. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad it was fun. (laughs) 
Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a process. We need to all be generous with one another and ourselves. It's my favorite video of baby birdie that ever existed. I was pregnant with Cricket in the waiting room. You've seen the video, Casey. And Birdie's pretending to read a National Geographic about pandas. And I'm videoing them. And I'm like, what does it say about pandas? And Birdie's like, um, it says that they're generous. <laughs> Birdie was four years old. I was like, really? Generous? What else? And then Birdie's like, and they're wise. And they're kind. And then I was like, anything else about pandas in there? And then Birdie goes, um, it says that they eat, that they can kiss for like, uh, two miles and they eat 14 <laughs> bowls of cereal. <laughs> I was like, oh, birdie. Oh, sweet bird. No oh, bird. My sweet bird. <laughs> I love you. We love you very much. Thank you for uh, understanding that we took a week off last week. Those of you, most 99.9% of people were understanding. <laughs> I don't know what that 1% was hoping they would get out of being not understanding. I mean, but you're not going to get what you want. I mean, sometimes we just need a week off, but we're honestly, back. you can't always get what you want. Yeah. If you try, sometimes you get you what just you might need. find. You do get what you need. You do get what you need. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. We love you. We love you. We love you. A great show next week, guys. Just wait. Just yeah. wait till you hear it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Oh, no. 